Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, good morning, church. How good is it to be together online this morning? And I'm personally so excited to be able to see some of your faces very soon when our uh, on-site services return. But for now, my gosh, it's great to be together for another Sunday morning online. Hey, if we haven't met, my name's Tim and I'm one of the team here at Horizon Church. And uh, I also have the joy of leading our Horizon Leadership College. And how awesome was it just now to hear from a couple of our students, just the, the stories and the testimonies that they have of their experience at college. And uh, very excited because today, yes, that's right, you've heard it. Today is the, the opening of our 2022 uh, Horizon Leadership College intake. And so enrolments are now officially open and you can go ahead to hz.church forward slash college and there'll be a whole bunch of information if you're interested and an opportunity for you to enrol, which is amazing. And uh, I'm so excited for the year ahead. You know, we have had and are having such a phenomenal year this year in our college. And, uh, you know, I'd love just for a few moments, if it's okay, to share some of the miracle stories of what God's been doing in our college. You know, uh, I am in college world all day, every day. I live there, I'm with the students, I'm hearing the testimonies. But just the last week, I was thinking about how for so many people who are part of our church family or love our church, um, for you, maybe college is something that seems distant or you, know, you don't hear much about. But I wanna encourage you and let you know that God is doing something honestly miraculous in our college. It's one of the things that I'm so passionate about because I see day by day the transformation that's taken place in people's lives. And you know, I know some people, they hear the word college and they think straight to the academic side of things. And the truth is we have, you know, a dynamic academic experience for those that do the uh, study formally. But as well as that, our college is much more than just an educational institution. It is a place where transformation takes place, where revelation comes and sees people's lives absolutely impacted by the goodness of God. You know, I was thinking about uh, just uh, a couple of weeks ago when we met, one of the girls in our uh, night college course shared a testimony about something that God had done in her life. And I'd love if it's okay just to read her words to you right now. She said this, she said, I have not only learnt way, way more than I expected, but I have received breakthrough in an area of my life because of the revelations I have had during this class. I believe this breakthrough came because this class gave me the room and space to listen and learn, contemplate and discuss what I was experiencing with my class. I love that story because it shows the work that God's been doing in a person's heart. And I remember when, uh, you know, this young adult came first to our church, shy, timid, and joined our team. And to see the work of God uh, in her life and the transformation that's taken place, it just fires you up, if you know what I mean. It's so amazing just to see this. And I'd just love to share one other story of a, of a married couple who are part of one of our uh, classes. And again, in a time of sort of sharing uh, in one of our classroom uh, setups, they shared about how Jesus, during one of the classes, had spoken to each of them 
individually about a particular area of their life. And they said in that very moment, as they were in that class, that the Holy Spirit broke something off their life. And each of them were thinking that that was something that God had just done in their heart. And after the class, when class had finished, they started talking and sharing with one another what Jesus had said. And He had said the exact same thing to each of them in that exact same moment about that very part of their life that they really needed God's help with. And they said it was so encouraging for them just to see that God was working in each of them individually to strengthen them as a couple and to help them fulfil everything God's got for them in their life. How amazing is our God? How good is our God? And I love these stories. Uh, And let's be honest, I could share dozens more with you right now. I love them because they show that what's happening in our college is not simply transactional, It's not just information or education. It is about transformation. It is about people's lives being impacted by the goodness of God. And it it, it shows God's hand on our college to see lives miraculously change. And so I want to encourage you, you know, um, there are people that are a part of our college, some doing full-time diploma, might be doing it as a gap year or as a young adult who's able to give themselves for a year. We've also got uh, a bunch of people, how cool is this, who are doing part-time diploma. Some of them are in our uh, Encore age group. So they're now retired, they're 60 plus, and they have a bit of free time in the days. And so they're joining in on some of our daytime diploma classes. Also, we have some mums whose kids are in uh, primary school uh, being a part of our daytime diploma classes. We have a night college where a lot of professionals or adults that have busy full-time jobs and whatnot, they're able to be a part of our night college. There are so many people just like you who are a part of our college each and every week and to hear the testimonies that I get to hear, I tell you what, it fires me up, keeps me going, gets me pumped about our college and gets me pumped to encourage people like you to consider it in the year ahead. You know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I love Horizon Leadership College is because of the profound impact it has on an individual's worldview. And so this morning as I preach, I would love to share a message with you that I have titled, What's in a Worldview? What's in a Worldview? And if you have your Bible, I would love for you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to pick up in verse 13. And it will come along the screens there for you to read along. Otherwise, you can just listen up as I share it with you. It says this, It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, all the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of of the living God. And verse 17 says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. What amazing verse, what amazing passage this morning that we've just read. I would love just to take a moment to pray, to ask the Holy Spirit 
to speak to you, wherever you are right now in your lounge room, in your car, yeah, wherever you may be watching this service, I'm just going to be praying right now that God would speak to you this morning from His Scripture as we open up the Word right now. So join me in prayer. Lord, just want to thank You so much for the opportunity we have this morning to open up the Scriptures and to learn about You and to d- discover You and to see You as You really are. I pray, God, that You would help us like Peter, to have revelation of who You are, that we may see You, contemplate You, and be transformed into Your image. In Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I grew up in Australia and, uh, you know, spent pretty much all my life in Australia besides a few short trips here and there overseas. And, you know, as you would expect, I have what you would call an Australian accent or an Aussie accent. Uh, This was pretty, you know, unbeknown to me until I remember going on a trip over to the incredible city of London, England. And uh, it didn't take long when I arrived in London for my Australian accent to become very, very apparent. Uh, pretty much from the get-go, I walked out of the airport and, you know, got in a cab and, you know, went back to my hotel and every interaction I had with someone from London uh, made me realise how strong my accent was. You know, you jump in the cab, you go, how's it going? I say, excuse me? I said, oh, sorry, how are you going today? <laughs> and, uh, you know, you'd, you'd get on with a conversation. And the other thing I couldn't, realize, couldn't believe how much I said was A. I'm like, oh, that's sick, A. And then I'd be like oh my gosh, where am I from? I'm like the biggest ocker around. Man, there's a bogan accent if I've ever heard it. And someone else would be saying something and I'll be like, oh yeah, not sure, eh? I'm like, hey, where did I get this from? What is with my accent? And I also realised that as Aussies, you know, we take a sentence and we make it a word and we expect other people to understand it. Someone asks me where something is and I'm like, yeah, I don't know, eh? They said, yeah, but I don't know, eh? I'm like, yeah, I don't know, eh? said, what? Oh yeah, I don't know. Hey. (laughs) Oh, okay. You don't know. Fair enough. And it was so, so, so obvious when I was in London that I had this Aussie accent. But because it was my normal accent, because I'm used to it, because I'm soaked in it, because this is all I've ever known, it didn't feel like an accent to me. It just felt normal. It just felt normal. Do you know, when something is normal to you, you are very often unaware of it. You know, a person's worldview is in essence their concept of normal. It's their unique way of seeing the world. It's shaped by our upbringing, our family, our community. Uh, The experiences that we have in life have an effect on our worldview and how we see things. Our personality and temperament come into play. You know, the things that we watch and read and consume, uh, the influences and the personalities that we allow to influence our life all have an effect on our worldview. And every single person in this world has a unique worldview, a way of seeing the world that is shaped by so much of the things that have happened in their life, the places that they've been raised, the people that have been around them for so long. But we just think what I believe is normal. And we think someone else who has a different belief is strange. We judge the whole world based on our personal worldview. Do you know our worldview 
has an impact on every aspect of our life because it's like the lens that we, that we perceive everything else through. You know, a great example of this is a pair of glasses. Now, I searched high and low through Pastor Karen's office with her permission for a pair of sunglasses. And would you believe it? She came up with the goods as she does. Pastor Karen, ladies and gentlemen, got the vipers out, mate, love it. But Karen had these sunnies and it's a great example of a worldview. You see, the worldview that each of us have is like the lens through which we see. And each of us wear our worldview and assess everything that takes place in life through our unique worldview. You know, people are generally unaware of their worldview. They just wear the glasses and forget that they're on, don't even realise that they're on. Yet everything that we perceive is perceived through this lens of our worldview. Do you know, this can be a very positive thing. For example, uh, in a positive sense, if you've grown up in a loving family and you've had very present parents who have shown love and respect in the home, then you have a worldview of a healthy family uh, unit and that actually has an impact on the way that you engage in all your other relationships. Because that is your normal, it affects the way that you engage in the other relationships in your life. Your normal in that sense has benefited you. It has blessed you. Thank God for Christian homes uh, where you know mom and dad have come to know God or in generational Christian homes where there is faith in the home and kids get to see that growing up and that is normal. You know, just this morning, I, um, my, my daughter woke up and she's got this little clock next to her bed that turns yellow when she's allowed to uh, get out of bed. And so she got up and it was still blue. So when I came in and the clock was yellow, she, she was there reading her little kid's Bible. And I said, Lacey, are you reading your Bible? And she says, yeah, yeah. And I said, you're just reading your Bible like Daddy. She says, yeah, I've got a little Bible, Daddy. Can I get a big Bible like yours? And I said, one day when you can read, I'll buy you a big Bible. Do you know, for Lacey, that is normal to get up in the morning and read your Bible. That's what you do. And she would be unaware that there are many people who would never do that. So for her, that's normal. And you can see how that is a benefit to her. But... Just because something is normal doesn't always make it right. For example, you know, if in a child's life, somebody that was meant to be trustworthy breaks that trust, then naturally to protect themselves, that child will learn to be suspicious or hesitant to trust people. And you can see how over a lifetime that hesitancy to trust or a relationship with broken trust will affect the life choices of an individual. And we can see here this suspicion may be part of someone's worldview or a fear of trusting may be a part of someone's worldview. If someone, you know, is raised in abject poverty or in, in a war zone, you know, this, this experience of their life, what they have known as normal, the only life that they've ever known, if that becomes normal for them, it's not necessarily good. Just because it's their normal doesn't mean that it is right. And that will affect that person's choices and decisions and way that they see the world uh, for the rest of their life. You know, a person with a, a low sense of self-worth or somebody who, you know, um, has a poor self-esteem will begin to look through that lens and perceive around them 
things that would confirm that sense of low self-value. We can see here that not all aspects of our worldview are beneficial. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right. So not all all aspects of a person's worldview bring life. But then we find ourselves coming to this fundamental question we must ask, which is, so is there a correct worldview? Who has this correct worldview? Or is everyone's worldview equally correct? And you may have heard the phrase, your truth, uh, or that concept of, you know, everyone's truth, everyone has their own truth. Well, as Christians, we actually believe that truth is not subjective, that there is an objective truth. We believe that there is a correct worldview, but the only one who holds this correct worldview is actually God Himself. God Himself. Being the creator of all that is seen and unseen, it is God who ultimately defines truth and holds the only trustworthy and incorrupt or uncorrupted worldview. The only standards by which we can adequately judge our worldview is in light of God's worldview. So in light of God's worldview, we are able to metaphorically speaking, take off the glasses of our worldview, inspect them, analyse them, discover which parts of our worldview align with the truth of God and His Word and which parts of our worldview are wrong or incorrect or detrimental to the life that God has planned for us. And only in light of God are we able to truly uh, consider our own worldview. But this (laughs) is where things get a little bit interesting. They get interesting because we have to ask the question now, if I need to consider God's worldview to really take into account where I'm at with my worldview, well, what is God's worldview? You know, this question (laughs) is the question that the church has been discussing for over 2,000 years. And it's often known by another name and that other name is called theology, the study of God. Because if God is who He says He is, and if He is the only one with the incorruptible understanding of what's true and the the correct worldview, then we unfortunately are not able to shape God in our image. We can only recognise that we have been shaped by God in His image. And what that means is God is who God is. We don't get to decide. He is who He is and all we get to do is go on a journey of discovery, of contemplation, a journey of discipleship to see Him for who He really is. The thing about God's worldview is that it is what it is, not necessarily what you think it is or what you want it to be. And the discipleship journey of a believer is to discover what beliefs we hold about God that are of our own making and what beliefs we hold about God that are actually true. You know, one thing that's so profound about the Scripture we read this morning in Matthew where Peter shares his revelation is we have Peter, right? A first century Jewish man. And as all first century Jews, 
he would have had a expectation of the coming Messiah. Now that expectation in the first century of the Jewish Messiah would have been a, you know, a, a, a ruler, a warrior, a king that would rise up and re-establish Israel's place in the world. For you see, the journey goes after King David, who saw the greatest sort of era of Israel's history. After him, the successive kings that, that led the nation of Israel led them into a place of brokenness and exile. And in the first century, the Jews find themselves back in Jerusalem, yet they are not in charge of their own lands. This, this place they live is the promised land God gave them, but they are under a Roman rule. The Romans are actually those that they are subject to. Now, for the Jewish people, they had a hope. They had a belief. They had promise and prophecy from Scripture that said, one day from the line of David, a Messiah would rise up. And for every first century Jew, they would have been thinking a warrior. They would have been thinking the king. One day a Messiah is gonna rise up. There's gonna be a revolution. And in, in when this revolution takes place, we will be established back to the place of authority and power. We will rule again like the days of King David. This would have been the expectation of first century Jews. And so when Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. It is profound because his revelation of who Jesus is did not line up with what his lifelong expectation of a Messiah would have been. You see, by this time, Peter and the other disciples had been on an almost three-year discipleship journey with Jesus. They had watched Him heal the sick. They had watched Him cast out demons. They had watched Him bless people, heal people, help people. They had watched Him fight for, for um, the, the heart of God to be known by the common person. And they saw a man who was not political in nature. He was not uh, a warrior uh, by makeup. He was not a king in the traditional sense. They saw this man who did not fit their paradigm of what the Messiah was gonna be. But because of the discipleship journey Peter was on and because of the divine revelation from God that was given to Peter, he recognised Jesus for who He truly was, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Others shared their opinions of who Jesus was, but the truth was revealed to Peter by God. So what did it take? for Peter to have a correct understanding of Jesus. It took a revelation. A revelation is something that is revealed by God and a revelation impacts your worldview. Because Peter saw Jesus for who He truly was, everything was now reconsidered in light of that truth. Do you know, I was walking uh, with a friend recently and we were having this discussion and he asked the question, he said, Tim, now what would you say discipleship is? And I remember thinking about it for a moment and just considering the question and thinking, well, you know, obviously there's a lot of things you could say, but I was drawn to this particular verse, one of my favourite verses in the whole Bible from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. I'm gonna read it for you now, it says this. It says, now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory 
are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And after reading that verse, I said to my friend, you know, I really think discipleship, really believe discipleship is anything that helps someone see Jesus, to see Jesus as He really is, not as you want Him to be or you think He is, as He really is. And you know what? As we contemplate the the glory of Jesus, as we contemplate Jesus in His truth and who He truly is, the more we see Him as He really is, the more the Bible teaches us, we are transformed into His image. We are transformed into His image. Contemplation is paramount in understanding who He really is that leads to transformation. Do you know, our world and our society right now has a real way of squeezing out any space for real contemplation. There is a lot of demands on the average person there are things that you have to do and there are things that have been designed purely for distraction and entertainment that you have a choice to do. But let's be honest, they're quite addictive. Things like social media that you find it hard not to do. And what's happening is we're in a society with all of these things that are competing for our time and our attention. And the thing that so often gets squeezed out is the space for contemplation. But it's only when we are able to contemplate Him, take the time, to search for who Jesus really is, to study Scripture and to understand what God has given us to see Him clearly. It's only through the contemplation of Him that we are ultimately transformed into His image. And this is what I love about Horizon Leadership College. You know, our Sunday services, this is one way that we contemplate Jesus. Someone will share during worship, someone will lead us to help us see Him more clearly. You know, our life groups are amazing. Day by day, friends to pray with you and to encourage you, be a part of a life group. It's a great way to contemplate Jesus. But one of the things I love so much that is unique about Horizon Leadership College is that it offers a space where you can have the time, the time to actually to spend time actually contemplating Him. You know, we're not in a rush. These courses go for 12 weeks and they happen, you know, at night or in in a daytime. You can find out more on our website. But through the course of these uh, subjects, you will have time to consider things that you have never had time to consider before. You'll have time to think about things that in your normal day-to-day life would never come across your path. But the beauty is that the more you're able to consider these things, the more you're able to look at these things and think and, and, and learn and understand who God really is, the more you can see Him for who He truly is, guess what? The more you are transformed into His image. You know, and as people make time to contemplate Jesus, revelation flows and transformation comes. Now, I really would encourage you to consider college. Don't write it off as something for, you know, people who are, Academic. Don't write it off as something for young people. Do you know our college has the full spread? We have got people that are doing one subject at a time because that's what they're able to handle. Thank God for them. We have people doing full-time diplomas, you know, as a gap year, as a young adult who was able to devote a year of their life to study and to soak themselves in the things of God. We have got people who do a couple of subjects through our night college. 
You know, there are so many ways that you can be involved in our college. It is something that you will benefit from. There is an option to do it formally and for it to be accredited. There's an option for it to do it, to do it as an audit student, which means you can sit in the classes, be a part of the conversations, the assessments and the readings are not required, but they're available if you wanna do them. It's a way that you can engage. We also have a bunch of different ways you can engage by you know, jumping on into one of our live classes on site here at Sutherland or joining live via Zoom. All of our classes are streamed or even on demand online in your own time. There are so many ways. My prayer is that you would not dismiss this as an option for you and your life because if you could take the time, make some space to contemplate Him, I truly honestly believe that your life will be transformed by Jesus. So if you want more information, I really would encourage you head to hz.church forward slash college and consider what you can do and how you can be a part of what God's doing in our incredible college in 2022. You know, just before we wrap up this morning, I hope you're encouraged by the, you know, the idea that God actually wants to see us transformed and for our worldview to be impacted by revelation. But you know, the greatest revelation anyone can ever have is of Jesus Christ as Lord. And this is why Jesus commended Peter so strongly in this Scripture. He said, oh, Peter, you've got it. Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. He's like, yes, that didn't come from another person. That didn't come from a friend or from a parent. That came from God Himself. And when you have that revelation of who Jesus really is, boom, everything changes. You know, I remember when I was 13 years old and I walked into our church here and I had an encounter with Jesus. You know, I'd heard about Him as a religious figure, but I had an encounter with a living God and I saw Jesus for who He truly was. I saw Him as God. And I remember in my heart, just my heart exploding with this belief and faith that Jesus is God. And I remember praying a very simple prayer to invite Jesus to be my Lord, to be my Saviour. And I just remember as Jesus sort of came into that key place at the centre of who I was, God, it's like God just was smack bang in the middle of my heart. It was like the whole world went from black and white to colour. You know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden, everything was different. My relationships with my friends, with my family, the way I thought about myself. Instead of being a kid who was trying to impress people and to you know, look good in front of his friends, all of a sudden, I believed that I was a child of God who had a plan and a purpose that God had a destiny for. And I gave myself to God because from that moment I had revelation, my worldview changed and boom, everything came alive. And I just believe that this morning, there'd be people listening to this message. You're listening to it and you, your heart, it's like it's racing. You know that what I'm talking about is something that you need, something that you want. I just think, you know, that, that thought I just shared off the top of my head a moment ago from black and white to colour, you might've been living a black and white life, but I'm telling you, if you would open up your heart to Jesus, boom, it's like there's gonna be colour that will come back into life. You will see as you were meant to see. You will see yourself differently. You will see the world differently. You will see God differently. And all you need to do is open up your heart and have faith and receive Him as your Lord and Saviour as I did all those years ago. And just like I was led in a simple prayer when I was 13, I would love to just take a moment right now and lead you in a simple prayer that you could pray to invite Jesus into your heart to become your Lord and Saviour. And so right now, if that's you, 
In fact, everyone, why don't we all just close our eyes and just focus our hearts on God right now. But if that's you and you're in your heart, you feel like you need to open up your life to Jesus, then I'll just encourage you right now to pray this from your heart to Him. He will hear you and this will be the beginning of an exciting new life. So join me right now. Dear Jesus, I believe in You. Come into my heart and be my Saviour. I receive Your forgiveness, love and complete acceptance. I am now set free from my sin. I am now a child of God. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.